3: Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio.
2: Hello. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
6: My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here, and that makes this Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. It is part two in our two-part interview with Mike Render, the co-creator of Scientology, Fair Game, a deep dive into a controversial organization and institution uh, with exclusive access. We don't want to say too much. What do you say we get right into it?
2: I, I think that's a smart thing. Just remember, you should listen to episode one first, the first part of this series. Please do it, if you haven't yet. Cool? All yeah. right. So, Mike, I'm imagining I'm an individual, uh, because I've never been a part of the Church of Scientology. I uh, thought about getting audited once uh, a long time ago. But I'm imagining you I'm an individual who's going up the bridge, or I'm, I'm traversing the bridge, right? I've yep. been paying, like you're saying, tons of money, almost everything I have, if not more And I get to a certain point that a lot of people in the past have talked about that has been made fun of by South Park and and all these other people. You get to a certain point in the bridge where you're revealed very secret information that anyone who is behind you on the bridge is not going to know. And you're not going to know unless you're shown this secret piece of paper. It has something to do with... Stuff that you can't, that in my mind, a science fiction writer would come up with. Um, can you tell us about that point? Yes. <laughs> can you, I know exactly, right? Um, I, can you tell us about that point, what it is, and uh, the mental gymnastics maybe that one has to do in order to continue on the bridge?
7: Absolutely. That point is called OT3. And that stands for operating Thetan. And Thetan in Scientology terminology means you, the spirit, yourself, not your body, not your mind, but the essence of being, the id, whatever. You know, there's lots of terms for it, but in Scientology it's called the Thetan. And operating Thetan is the ultimate objective of moving up the bridge to become Capable as a spiritual being of transcending the world the, the world in Scientology it's called mest, matter, energy, space, and time to transcend those things as a spiritual being because ultimately everybody is a spiritual being who that has enormous power and created this whole universe and can control this whole universe, but has lost those abilities and Scientology restores them. And part of this is this thing called OT3, which Hubbard wrote and you, you say, uh, you know, only a science fiction writer could have come up with it. And it is definitely, you know, uh, sort of, uh, Buck Rogers kind of science fiction. It is the story of the galactic ruler called Xenu, Xenu, who, controlled 278 planets of the galactic confederacy 75 million years ago, was trying to solve an overpopulation problem of having, you know, I can't even remember how many billions of people, but he had to get rid of a bunch of them. So he called them in for a tax audit and tricked them and loaded them into spaceships frozen in glycol and flew them to, Planet Earth as a dumping ground for these uh, people to get rid of them. They were all the the recalcitrants, the artists, the the troublemakers of society, and he dropped them into volcanoes and blew them up with hydrogen bombs. And they, those spiritual. Thetan beings are now stuck to you, every person on planet Earth, all over your body, thousands and thousands of them, and they control and influence your thoughts and actions. But But,
4: through the. This is like a creation myth or something. This is like (laughs) the Jonah and the whale story. It's meant to be like a parable, right? Or is this. No. People really intended to be like. No, it's literal. It's not a parable.
7: Okay. 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 I mean. Being clear. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, Noah and the Ark, uh, I mean, there are a lot of fundamentalist Christians that believe that is a literal story, and a lot of these other things are literal stories. Scientologists, one thing about Scientology everybody is a fundamentalist in Scientology. There's no, (laughs) that's interesting. There is no, um, I'm sort of a reformed Jew kind of guy. I'm kind of a ethnically a Catholic. I'm sort of a lapsed Catholic. Nope. You're a Scientologist 100% or you're not at all. You are. You or you are, get accused of squirreling. Exactly. Right? Exactly. In fact, the fundamental, the fundamental policy that L. Ron Hubbard wrote is called keeping Scientology working. And in it... It goes on and on and on, but in it he says, "I'd rather have you dead than incapable or not a true committed Scientologist. So Scientologists are expected to believe this and have it um, sort of when 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 you're first exposed to this, it's supposed to be like a magnificent revelation. Oh my God, Oh! I get it. Oh, my God. And there are people standing around watching you like, oh, Oh, what's his reaction going to be? So you have to sort of react. And Leah and I and a lot of other people have talked about this subsequently. And you go, wow, this is like, seriously? This is what this is about? Shit. What am I supposed to do with this? And this is where the genius of Hubbard and the e-meter comes in. Because all these people who have already been there will say to you, listen, you don't have to believe a word of it. See if it reads on the e-meter. Just see if it reads on the e-meter. And if it does, you don't have to believe it. You just do it. You just, you just go along with it. Because the e-meter will tell you whether it's true or not. Now, this e-meter is a fascinating device that I haven't yet fully been able to understand but a lot of people say well it just it just reacts to sweat on the palm of your hands and this and that and I that's not true it doesn't it reacts to more than that and there's a terrific movie by do you know who tom Shadiak is he's a, he was the director of um of uh, what's that? Jim Carrey, Pet Detectives. Uh, Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura, yeah. Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and and he he was a very successful director and producer, and he had a, a horrendous bicycling accident and nearly killed himself. And he woke up from a coma or something, and he decided I've got to figure out what the meaning of life is, and he made this film called I Am. And it is him going around the world seeking to get an understanding of what is life. And part of this I found fascinating. Well, all of it's fascinating, but there's a particular thing in there where he goes to see these quantum physicists. And they say, look, you know, I I don't want to get into all the subject of quantum physics, but it's a fascinating thing. And they have this, (laughs) this sounds crazy, but they have a bowl of yogurt. Sitting in front of him with these electrodes stuck in this bowl of yogurt, and they say we want to show you that emotion can transfer from one living organism to another, and that this and and that this is a real thing. And I will say to you guys, look, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I certainly have, where you you walk into a room and there is someone in there, and without seeing or talking to them you know they're upset there is a vibe that you get there's a uh, there's upset in this room and something is emanating upset and it's not a it's not a statement but in, in any event this this bowl of yogurt is set down in front of tom and they start asking him questions and he, he's looking at this little meter that is measuring some sort of electrical impulse in the yogurt because yogurt is a live organism. It's got you know whatever they call those things in there that that uh, what's called cultures. Yeah, cultures. Live, live cultures. Yeah, yeah you know that, that that good for your guts. Yeah, exactly. That what's the name promotes on TV? Uh, I, can't, I can't even <laughs> think, I can't even think of a name now. Oh my god. Oh, from from Halloween. Jamie yeah, Lee Curtis. Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Jimmy Lee. Yeah, oh, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. Yeah,
4: Activia. Yeah,
7: yeah. I'm thinking Activia. Good, never mind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In any event, they they they're talking to him about all this stuff, and then they say, "Now, Tom, what about the divorce with your wife?" And this little dial goes, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, this is a sore subject for me." And he like goes, "Oh my god, how did the how did the yogurt know?" And this stop. I, that's real. That's real. Yeah, that actually happens. Yes, it's in the film. It's it, it is really interesting. And see, I have a lot of experience with the E-meter. and I know that it's not just physical. There is an emo- a mental, emotional, now what it is and how it works and all that sort of stuff, I don't know. But if you use Is that tell like a trade some- secret? Is there a schematic?
4: Like, is that who design Like, where's the patented design for the EMU? Where does that live? Like, where is that? Like, in the, in the U.S. Acid- patent yeah.
7: Office. Seriously. It's in the U.S. But we'll patent Office. we'll never know.
4: Yeah. Okay.
7: Well, no, so you does that can mean we go can for get it. access to it. It's a, it's a, it's, yes, it's a Wheatstone Bridge. That is what it is. It's a sophisticated Wheatstone Bridge. What is interesting in Scientology is that L. Ron Hubbard said that the reactions that you get on that meter will, if you study Scientology, you can interpret those reactions. And this is is the incredible trick of it because you have someone sitting on the other side of you who can see the meter and you cannot, and he says, well, you're, uh, you di- Scientology says, you've got something undisclosed that you haven't told me, so what is it? And you have no idea what's happening on the other side, but even if you did, I, I'm only going in this long rambling thing because what happens is if you can convince someone that if you have a thought, I can tell you what it is and I can read it using this little meter here, then you're home free because you just sit on the, you just sit there and go, well, there was a reaction. So this means that, and people say to you, well, you you can look on the meter. Does this read on the meter? Is this bullshit about blowing up people in volcanoes reading on the meter or not? And, When you instill in someone the idea that that is reality, then all you need, I don't know, maybe the reaction that you get when you're looking at it is, this is a bunch of bullshit. But if you've convinced them that means it's true, then it becomes true. This is all subjective. There is no objective verification of any of this. There's no objective verification that Xenu existed 75 million years ago. It's all subjective. And if you can persuade someone that this is what this means, and this is really true because X, and this is really true because Y, then that's all you have to accomplish. It doesn't have to be real. You just have to get them to believe it in their head. And that's what Ron Hubbard and Scientology is so brilliant at. And with that, we're going to take a quick break
2: and hear from a sponsor, but we will return shortly.
3: When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
0: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the tonne. Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene
0: Vulgo.
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road. Comes from the person you share it with.
2: So you hide the books, and on the business. I understand now. Is a wise man uh, marries a wise woman.
1: But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas.
8: Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean.
3: Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth.
1: Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh!
3: Jean, run!
1: So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination.
4: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: And we're back with more from Mike Render. I have a question on, on this concept, right, of, of perception, because we know Scientology is very, very sensitive to its public image, right? As you've discussed, Mike, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, the, one, one thing that uh, I've I've heard pretty often is a great deal of speculation about how many Scientologists actually exist, because there have been claims that, like, Scientology will say we have X amount of members, and then there are claims from outsiders who say that number is uh, is not correct, usually that it's a smaller number. Could you speak to that? Like, is, is Scientology conflating the number of
7: members, or is what's going on there? Yeah, they count all the body thetans. That's a joke. (laughs) Is that? That's what those little things that are are on your body are are called body (laughs) thetans. No, Scientology loves to say that they've got millions of members or 10 million or 12 million or 14 million or whatever. It's complete bullshit. Complete bullshit. And I will tell you it's complete bullshit because I remember when I was in the Office of Special Affairs, Heber Gench who was at the time the president of Church of Scientology International, was being interviewed on the media. And he said something when asked the question, how many Scientologists are there? And he said, like, four million. And David Miscavige flipped his lid and said, we've been saying we're have been saying we expanding all over the, the world. And we said four million five years ago. So how can it still be four million? Make it eight. Just make it eight? Yeah, double it. We've been saying that, so just double it. Give it, Who cares? It doesn't matter. And the truth of the matter is there is probably, my estimate is that there is 20,000 Scientologists in the world. And interestingly, uh, Tony Ortega, just last week, who, who has a blog called The Underground Bunker, and he's been reporting on Scientology since, I don't know, since... L. Ron Hubbard was still alive, you know, that long ago. He, Scientology recently put out something that if you reverse engineered the numbers they gave, it indicated that there were 6,000 Sea Org members in Scientology, that that's based on their numbers. And 6,000 Sea Org members in Scientology, believe it or not, equates to about 20,000 Scientologists. Yes, it's, there is a lot more people who have, and largely these days, Sea Org members are easier to, to get than new Scientologists for two reasons. It's very difficult to persuade anybody to come in and get involved in Scientology and not to Google it, <laughs> like really <laughs> hard. Right. And as soon as anybody Googles it, it's like the game is over. They ain't going anywhere near it again. However, there are two exceptions to that. One, children of Scientologists. The offspring of existing Scientologists tend to end up in the C Organization if they remain a Scientologist through up until they become a teenager,
4: Sea C- C- Org is like essentially Scientology boot camp, right? Wouldn't you say? Like,
7: or I don't no, know, Scientology life, it's like full time living, eating, and working inside Scientology organizations.
4: But in Going Clear, there's a whole part of it where the early Sea Org was all of these almost sensory deprivation things of like really whipping people into shape to be completely complicit in everything that Scientology was about. Like, you know, swabbing the decks and all of this kind of stuff
7: and oh, yeah. people
4: getting injured. It,
7: it, but, like that, that aspect. I just wondering. It, yeah. Every, every person that joins the Sea Organization does that for the first couple of months. That's like that is the it, boot camp but, of yeah. the Sea Org and the second type of person that Scientology manages to to recruit at this point is people from third world countries or very poor or oppressed areas like eastern europe or central and south america and they will promise those people that they will bring them to the united states and get them a visa and give them a how you know somewhere to live and food and all they have to do is work. And for many of those people, the the idea of going to the and living in the United States under any circumstances with a guaranteed job and food is like is like a dream come true. And they don't have access to the internet and they, you know, they wouldn't know what to Google anyway. They're just told by someone, look, you know, here's an opportunity for you. And so you find, like in Clearwater, that a bunch of those Sea Org members down there uh, hardly speak English and are literally have become indentured servants because now they're stuck they can't get out. And it really is a human trafficking violation. The, the, this aspect of Scientology is in violation of human trafficking laws. And if the the law enforcement agencies responsible for that could get their act together, they would be able to bring an effective case on human trafficking.
2: Mike, you, you, you're talking about Clearwater again. Okay. My, my grandparents – uh, retired in Clearwater, and I was there quite often visiting them when I was a kid, and my grandfather would tell me stories, and I was never sure how true they were, but there were stories about how the city of Clearwater was being taken over by Scientology, like lots, um, large. I guess large amounts of property were being purchased there. Scientology was infiltrating the local government there and
7: a lot of how everything was working. Was there any truth to that? Uh, 100%. That's absolutely true. <laughs> In fact, there was a – except for the taking over the government, and I'll explain. Oh, okay. There was a, a a really, really good article written by a reporter for the Tampa Bay Times called Tracy McManus – Last year, where she documented the the efforts that Scientology has made to buy property in downtown Clearwater. And look, Scientology for a long time has owned a lot of property in downtown Clearwater. It dominates the downtown area with its buildings. but it had David Miscavige wanted a certain piece of property that was owned by the Clearwater Aquarium which is, you know, the home to Winter the Dolphin. And the people in charge of the aquarium did not want to sell it to Scientology. They wanted to sell it to the city and had an agreement with the city that the city was going to purchase it and David, and for $4 million or something. And David Miscavige wanted this piece of property so badly, he came in and offered $14 million for it for a v- piece of vacant property, a block, uh, you know, half a block of vacant property in downtown Clearwater. And um, they and and David Yates, who was the head of the aquarium, said, "I'm sorry, I made a commitment to the city. I am going to sell it to the city for their redevelopment plans." And David Miscavige had a hissy fit, started accusing and putting out all sorts of of I uh, like. He had lawyers writing letters to Pinellas County and to this and that about how David Yates was a criminal and that he was ripping off the, he was getting paid too much and he was ripping off the the city and blah, 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 and went on an all out campaign against um, David Yates. Miscavige had been trying to schmooze the city for a long time and saying, I will redevelop downtown Clearwater and we'll bring in a movie theater and we'll do this and we'll do that. And we you know, all these fancy presentations that were done. And when the city bought that lot, he went, you know what? Fuck you all. We're no, we're no longer cooperating. And cut all communication with the city and, then a whole bunch of individual Scientologists started purchasing property in downtown Clearwater for cash. Wow! And no shit. law against that, right? No, no law against that. And bought like a hundred properties. And downtown Clearwater has—it's it, not that big. Uh, Matt, as you know, it's like a—it's not a very big place. Uh, most of Clearwater exists at the beach and out by the mall. And downtown is not that big. And so they basically bought the whole town. Interestingly, the one thing they have never been able to do is get anybody elected, you you know, Scientology has claimed that they had like 12,000 members in the Clearwater community and they have a huge voting block and blah, blah, blah. And that's bullshit. I I known that that was bullshit for a long time. But now in particular, because most of the people that are in the sea organization there, which is most of the Scientologists, come from Eastern Europe and Central America, they can't even vote. They're not citizens that can vote. So they have no big voting blocks. So last year, me and another one of my buddies in, in that lives down there and who appeared on The Aftermath, Aaron Smith-Levin, uh, Leah and I did a show or two shows about Clearwater, actually, and we interviewed this guy called Mark Bunker. And Mark Bunker, anybody who watched the show will rem- remember the episode where Mark Bunker was sitting on a bench I mean, in a park That Scientology owns, and six police cars came to evict him from the bench. Okay, we jokingly said to Mark Bunker, You should run for mayor, and then became a little more serious about it. And there was an election earlier this year for the city council of the city of Clearwater. And Mark Bunker ran in that election, and he ran. basically exclusively on the basis of, I'm not scared of Scientology, and I will say the word. And most politicians in Clearwater have been afraid to even utter the word. They will say, the organization in our midst, or all religious, oh, wow. all religions deserve equal treatment, and all this sort of mealy-mouth shit, and every, every citizen of Clearwater is tearing their hair out, like, what are we going to do about this? That, Like, they've taken over our city. What are we going to do? And Bunker came in and said, I'm not scared of them. I'll say the word. Scientology, 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 Scientology. (laughs) Scientology then took one of the guys who was running against him and tried to feed that guy a bunch of, you know, like oppo research on Mark Bunker and it it's it's such a joke because Bunker ended up winning this election for the seat on the city of Clearwater. The guy that Scientology backed that they gave all their vote. I mean, Bunker got like 6,500 votes. There was five people in this race. The second to bottom guy who was the Scientology candidate got 2,000. And that means that there was not more than 2,000 Scientology votes in the city of Clearwater because you can be sure that everyone who was eligible to vote was being, you got to get out and vote against Bunker. You got to get out and vote against Bunker. You got to get out and vote against Bunker. And he didn't even come close. So Scientology has not got great political clout in Clearwater through the, the city officials, but they have great economic clout. Let's pause
6: for a moment for a brief word from our sponsor, and then we'll return diving even deeper into the story of Scientology.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it!
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
2: So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastar runs the business. I understand now, it's a wise man who marries a wiser woman.
4: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: And we're back with more from Mike Render. Speaking of clout, right, and aims of the organization, this brings me to one question that I think is on the mind of a lot of our fellow listeners here. Maybe it's best to ask, what do you see as the primary aims or goals of modern Scientology? Or or maybe it's better to simplify it and say, what do you see as the future of Scientology? Like, what, what do
7: they actually want? What they actually want is, they want the world to become a Scientology world. I mean, their aim is to bring... Everyone and all governments and all government agencies into alignment with the goals of Scientology, that is the stated purpose of the Office of Special Affairs, as a matter of fact, they want everyone to, you know, the way they put it is to say, we want everybody to have the benefits of Scientology that we have. What that translates into is we want everybody to be a Scientologist. What And that translates into we want to be in control of everything in a Scientology fashion and run it like a Scientology show. We want to take over Clearwater and have it be a Scientology city. We want to take over Los Angeles. We want to take over the entire United States. No, nope, actually, we want to take over the whole world. They do want – I mean – You hear Scientologists talk all the time about a cleared planet. And a cleared planet means everybody is clear. And clear is a state in Scientology that is achieved through auditing of getting rid of your reactive mind, something that Hubbard invented too. In, uh, you know, we're not going to get into that. But Scientology wants to, like every religion, look, This is not unique. Scientology just has much bigger aspirations. They are like the, the, you know, the flea on the leg of the elephant, climbing up the elephant going, stand back, I'm coming. They're tiny, but they believe that they're going to take over the entire world. And this is part of the nutty um, mindset that fundamentalist anythings have. They believe that truly believe that they are going to ultimately prevail and ultimately they will be the dominant force of over all of mankind. Go ask a Jehovah's Witness. They will tell you exactly the same thing. Go ask a fundamentalist of any any religious organization, a fundamentalist Christian. Everybody is going to be ultimately a good Christian or they ain't going to exist anymore. They're going to be wiped out in the Second Coming or the Armageddon or whatever. Scientologists believe the same thing. Ultimately, everybody is going to be a Scientologist, and that's what they're working to accomplish. On the way, that means we're going to get a lot of money, and we're going to have a lot of control over a lot of people.
6: That was well said and and more than a bit disturbing, to be honest with you. But I I think you make an important point that that's not unique to any one fundamentalist organization. They're all proselytizing, ultimately, right? They're expansion-oriented.
7: Yeah, But the good news, Ben, is Scientology may be expansion-oriented, but they're expansion-handicapped. They are not growing. They are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that is due to information. The the end of Scientology was, was predicted with the beginning of the Internet. The Internet is the the antidote to all high-control, mind-control organizations that exist because information kills them. And when information is easily accessible, it is their death. The trick of it is, if they have intimidated enough people into... Believing that it is dangerous to provide that information, then it doesn't get out so easily. And once the information is out, it's 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 rat poison. It it kills off and and ultimately cuts off the source of new members, and that. May, it, it's going to take a while for Scientology to disappear altogether. It's hard. Like getting rid of a $3 billion asset organization is not easy, but it's, it's diminishing, not increasing.
6: Mike Render, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to speak with us and our audience today. This has been a journey. Off, Mike, everyone. We checked with Mike in advance, and we we essentially said, "How much time do you have?" And we, we hope that we haven't uh, we haven't made you regret uh, regret taking this this journey with us, uh, Mike. You have a blog that we've mentioned before, but we didn't say explicitly the name. Uh, I would like to point out it's MikeBrendersBlog.org, where you can learn more about Mike's work, more about his experiences. Uh, And of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, please do check out the podcast, which is Scientology Fair Game. In this, uh, you will find a deep dive, an exploration that is exclusive, uh, that, that goes into much more detail about some of the things we've explored today when we've just scratched the surface, I think it's fair to say.
2: And, uh, you know, Mike, it, we will have to have you back on because we have so many more questions, but we can't thank you enough for spending your time with us today. Really appreciate it.
7: Well, thank you all. It's been a real pleasure. And I will happily come back whenever you are uh, ready to get uh, overwhelmed with useless information from Mike Rindo once again.
2: <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're ready. We want to go full, clear. We're, like, we're, we're, down, we're down for this.
6: <laughs>
7: all righty. Wow. Uh,
6: I don't often say this, uh, but what a ride. I learned some things I did not know today.
2: Absolutely. And you know, so, something that Mike said struck us today I think, and it's the concept that the internet in a lot of ways has, has started to eliminate the ability for these high control groups, like you mentioned there, been, to to function. And it does make me wonder how many out there still exist. And I wonder if you listening to this have ever been a part of one that maybe we haven't talked about or you've got some personal experience that you want to share. And I would just say we're very much interested in hearing that.
6: But you say, shaking your fist at the sky and the heavens, how on earth do I tell you these things? Well, we try to make ourselves easy to find. Oh, Unlike yeah. Scientology, we're not anti-internet. We are not anti-internet.
4: Oh my gosh, and I just realized we didn't ask him about anti-psychiatry. That'll have to be for another time.
6: I Yeah, I had this whole thing about villains, but we, we didn't get there. Next well, time, we just had, have to have I, him back I, on the show.
4: I had a thought when he was talking about how the whole tenets of, of, of the locus of control for the leaders of Scientology is to convince people that it's their fault if people are being mean to them. Um, I think they probably don't like psychiatry because psychiatrists would diagnose that as like classic gaslighting. You know, like there, there, are, there are names for the ways people treat uh, members of Scientology. That I think psychiatry would have some uh, some (laughs) some things to say about. But next time, hopefully. But it's true, Ben. There are ways you can get in touch with us. You can uh, get a hold of us on the usual social media channels: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're conspiracy stuff. Conspiracy stuff show. Um, We really love the Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. That I think is going to be a hotbed of discussion around these two episodes. Certainly. And if you would like to contact us via telephone.
2: Ooh, yeah, that's right. That thing that does all the stuff—it's also a phone. You can use it to dial one eight three three
4: S T D W Y T K. Oh, I felt, I felt close. Good luck, know. Paul. Yes. And
6: <laughs> oh, and uh, also, uh, this is just a personal hobby horse. Uh, how. How much of your identity is tied to your phone? This has been on my mind a lot lately. We've got to do an episode about this. It's scary. Too much. It's frightening. It is way worse than people imagine. Uh, But anyway, yeah, give us a call.
2: Look, Ben, I am not Best Fiends, okay? Just because I play it all the time doesn't mean that I am Best Fiends.
6: That's uh, so not what I'm Oh,
2: God. Okay. Well, <laughs> know, story know, for, know, an- know, story
6: for another day. I'm derailing us. Uh, we've got to go. We would love to hear a review uh, from you. Uh, if you, Every time you give us uh, a nice review, if the spirit so moves you, uh, then an angel gets its wings. Uh, Matt's... <laughs> Matt's son says he loves him. No, 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 not this oh.
2: time. Now, now I just feel compelled to buy another booster pack of magic, the gathering. So again, it's, it's, you're making me spend money, but it's for a good cause.
6: And our boss tells me I am uh one week away, one week further away from being fired. So oh, uh, congratulations. So, yeah, thanks. So if the spirit so moves you, let us know. And if you, uh, if you have something on your mind and you don't, you don't feel comfortable, uh, putting it out on social media or you don't want to give us a call, we do try to make it easy to contact us no matter what time of day, no matter what time of year. You can always reach us directly at our good old-fashioned email address where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com
2: Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: A new season of Bridgerton is here and with it, a new season of Bridgerton the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season 3 of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.